Well, the answers I got from that question were varied. Everything from, uh, I'm just going to hunker down and pray, to I'm leaving the country. <laughs> well, I don't want you to leave the country. And hunkering down and praying is a good thing, okay? Now, I approach, I approach today's uh, sermon in, in some respects with, with, with some fear and trembling um, because I'm touching on some things that, that for many people can go either way. And uh, last week, I, I gave you some biblical guidelines when it, came, when it comes to, to, to voting. And as you recall, I didn't tell you how to vote. I mean, I don't think that's, that's, that's necessarily... I'd rather, honestly, would rather you understand the scriptures. I'd rather you be politically informed and biblically informed and be able to prayerfully consider the various stands that... Um, that various candidates have, whether it's local or, or, or national, and be able to make good decisions and vote the kingdom of God. Now, uh, when I say vote the kingdom of God, I, I talked about that last week, didn't I? Okay? If you're a believer, what, what the scripture says should matter. Okay? If you're a believer, what the scripture and the principles that are taught by scripture and, and by, the, by a godly life should somehow eventually filter in how you, into how you conduct your life, right? Otherwise, what happens is, is you're, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're like, I mean, quite frankly, we're not really good at that. As a community, well, I'm talking about a larger community, many of the values, and I've said this to you before, many of the values that, that basic American unbelievers have you'll find in, in, in the Christian community. So uh, it, it's a shame that we're not more distinguishable. You understand, by, you understand what I mean by that? That, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, the scripture says, says that there there's needs to be evidences. When we sit around the table uh, and we talk about ministry here at the church and how to disciple people and what that looks like and you know and and I understand that there is an inward thing that happens as God is working in you okay and here's kind of how it how it, it works I've, I've shared this with with a group the Holy Spirit and the word touches my heart I receive that the scripture tells that the, us that the Holy one of the, the purposes one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin, to convict us and to push us into the, in the right direction. Never does God make us do what he wants us to do. So in that, in the, in the context as the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is, is, you might say, poured into our lives in the various forms that it is, whether it's, whether it's I heard it, I heard it preached, I read it, I listened to it on my radio... However it comes to you, the scripture says, the Bible itself says that God's word will not return void. It will make an indent. It will make some kind of an impression and take you to the place, oftentimes, whether you'll have to say yes or no. And I have to say, there have been times when I said no. Anybody else with me on that? Okay. But I want you to know that I want to say yes all the time. Because... In his, in his words are life and life eternal. So when the word of God and when the Holy Spirit 
connects with you, you have a decision to make. Oftentimes, you'll have the opportunity, and, and I'm just kind of sharing right now, and we'll get into the message in a minute. I've got some, I have plenty of time today. <laughs> you know, you're there, you know that you haven't given your heart to Christ. The Holy Spirit has, has connected with you and is impressing on you your need to give your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's moving in a congregation like this. But you, you've been here before. And you know that if you just hang on and white knuckle this pew. Or just kind of hold off. That, that sensation, that pressing of the Holy Spirit that you feel and experience in your heart. You know that that will probably relieve as you get out and you just want to escape. And There will come a time if you do that enough. If God is speaking to you through his word... By the Holy Spirit, there will come a time when he no longer strives with men and women. And you will search diligently for repentance and not be able to find it. So when he calls upon you, open your heart and open your mind and say yes now. Okay? Just Just a couple of things. The Bible has a lot to say about freedom, ethical leadership, and relationships, doesn't it? Okay? The, level that, the, the level of influence that that has on you, you know, uh, the, 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 the influence of the scriptures, the values that you uh, derive from, from the correct understanding of his word. These things reveal the degree of lordship that Jesus has in your life. Does that make sense? Now, now as, as we approach this election, there's a couple things. I want to, eventually I'm going to get to Romans and, and, and 2 Timothy. I believe it's 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy. I've got it here. Uh, but there's a couple of things that, you know, I could look. When you came in today, there were these, um, what are they? These things, okay? You know, I don't know how accurate these are. It says values, voters, presidential voter guide, some some outfit called the Family Research Council. You know, I think they're pretty much right on in terms of how how people are are you know you know the things that either Mitt Romney or Barack Obama or President Barack Obama are for and those things they're against. But you know, there's another there's a second page where you can kind of figure it out. There, these are the references. And I would want you not to take necessarily these things for, for granted. Most of them are evident. Um, uh, and these are, these are usually have things, to, these things more, more have, have things to do with our daily lives. Uh, but, but research, if you will, uh, it was my effort, it was my desire to give you as much information as I knew. And, and without you, know, you, you look in any direction, get on the internet, and, and all kinds of stuff's out there. It's, sometimes it's hard to know what the truth is, isn't it? Really is, really is. They all, you know, my hunch is there's even some spin in this thing. Okay? You know, you know, you know so like, am I a suspicious man? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this is just some, some things. But there's a couple of things I, that are on here that I really have to touch on. Now, most of us understand if, we, if, if, we're, if we're followers of the Scripture, if we're believers and we're just kind of aware of the world around us, we know that our country is moving in, in some, some respects in the wrong direction. Okay? 
Now, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to some of our laws, when it comes to some of the things that we allow, uh, you know, we're, we're moving away from God. I mean, quite frankly, we are moving away from God. Now, as I look at the book of Revelation, and, and I think, you know, as I just, where's, where's the United States here? Have you ever, have you ever, you know, some of us who look at those, you wonder, where's the United States? And you don't see it. Not, it's not evident. So it's, it's almost like a guessing game. Maybe this is us. Maybe this, uh, and what we do know is that before the coming of the Lord, things are going to get bad. Okay? okay? Before the coming of the Lord, there are some good things that are going to happen. There's going to be huge revival. Okay? And that's, I believe some of that's happening now. But also, there is this battle that's going back and forth, this tug of war. Okay? There's a couple of things that I, wanted, I just want to touch on. Uh, and because I don't want to go down through this whole list. Don't. These are things that are deal breakers for me. This is where our nation seems to be tipping in directions that are, that are obviously against God. Okay? And the first thing is, this, like, uh, and I mentioned this last week, the abortion issue. Okay? And, and, uh, and, and let me just throw out some statistics. I looked all over, and I, again, it's hard to know where the truth is. But I know we've been killing kids for a long time. Okay, in the name of uh, of uh, of uh, of reproduction rights, we've been ch- killing children for a long time. Okay, in fact, the best numbers I could come up were somewhere between fifty-four and fifty-five million children since Roe versus Wade was. Now, abortion's always been something that's probably been people have been doing that in in almost every culture. Okay. I mean, the Pharaoh, you know, he wanted the Israelites, you know, okay, just throw them into the, into the Nile, okay? But since Roe versus Wade, Wade came on board, and that was a Supreme Court thing, and it's like 55 million. Now, I don't know how to get my hands around 55 million. I know there are 31,000 people in Jamestown. You do the math. How many Jamestowns have been, have been destroyed? Okay? I don't know. There's 134,000 people here in, 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 in Chautauqua County. You do the math, 55 million. Okay? There's, I think there's about 19 plus million people in all of New York. Do the math. And here's, what I, here's, here's my thoughts. You know, and, and in the name of reproductive rights... Even if you were to, to allow this, this kind of stuff to go on in the, in, the, in, the, in the circumstances of rape and incest, you know, 55 million children. Each one of them was going to have a face. Each one of them was going to have a name. Each one of them would have set some place in your homeroom across from you. Each one of them would go to the prom on their senior year. They would have attended our schools, our colleges. They would have been, you know, they would have served us coffee at Tim Hortons. You get my picture here? You get my picture? Let's, Let's look at what the scripture says about life. And, 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 and I don't want to be exhaustive here because there's passages everywhere just give you a sense of what God says. You know, in order to do what we have done, we have somehow 
tried to make a child in the womb something other than a child. A mass of flesh or a mass of cells. But let's, what does God say? What does the scripture say about the womb? He says, in Psalm 139, 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. In Jeremiah, the first chapter, a very personal passage for Jeremiah himself. It says, God said, before I, for, I formed you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you prophet, a prophet to the nations. Here's a New Testament passage, and this involves Elizabeth. You know, Elizabeth was, was uh, related to, 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 to Mary, Jesus' mother. They were both pregnant at the same time, and Mary went to, to be with Elizabeth to help her. And, and when, they, when, when Mary came up and greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth said something like this, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. <laughs> okay, all right. Folks, I don't know about you, this is a deal killer for me. I don't care. I don't care, it's a deal killer for me. I can't vote for somebody who's in favor of abortion. I can't do it. I don't care if he's my brother. I don't care if it's my, I don't care if it's my son, my daughter. I'm a believer. I believe in the sanctity of life. God said that a child is a gift from him. What level of selfishness do I rise to that I could destroy for my own convenience, for my own, in a sense, my own, to, to, to somehow keep me out of difficulty? I could go on. I could talk about how that more children, more little girls are aborted because of gender selection than boys. I could go on and talk about those things. But God is for life, and we will receive judgment. Our, our nation. I've never seen it any other way. Okay, all right. Abortion. Another thing. The gay marriage thing. Okay, you know most of us are aware of the battle that goes on. And 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 if you if you're hanging out in the, in the early '60s and '70s, some of us are. You know, I see the gray hair. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, we're saying, how did we get here? How did how in the world did, did we get to the place where that is somehow even on the agenda? But the scripture tells us that at a certain point, at a certain level of, of, of you might say, of de- depravity, a culture, can, a culture and a people can get to the place where they, they actually call good evil and evil good. So, okay. These are hard things, folks. I know it. In Leviticus, the 18th chapter, he says, You shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It's an abomination. Same, same on the female side. 
In Romans, the first chapter says, for this reason, God gave them over to, to degrading passions. They simply rejected him. So he gave them over to degrading passions for the woman exchanged the natural function of that which, for that which is unnatural. In the same way, also, men abandoned their natural desire uh, of natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons uh, the, the, the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips. Romans 13. I'm sorry. I lost a passage here. Now, again... Someone said, well, you know, you're a, you sound like a hater, Pastor. That's a, that's a word. I, I do hate. I hate sin. And I tell you why I hate sin. Because it destroys people. The scripture tells us, left to ourself, we will, we will in a sense, the scripture says, the scripture says it this way. There's a way that seems right to men, but the end is destruction. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but the end is destruction. I could talk to you about all the many conversations I've had with young people who were struggling. And I say struggling. And I could talk to you uh, with, 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 with sexual issues when it comes to uh, homosexuals and, 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 and lesbian, those kind of things. I, I could talk to you about that. I could talk to you that, I could tell you that, that uh, my experience tells me that it's a socialization process, and some of that also includes sometimes uh, uh, what we would consider to be abuse. Oftentimes it, 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 it involves experimentation, and, and we, des- and we de- develop appetites for the things that we enjoy. Okay? There are many people who would say, who would equate being gay with being black or white or brown. I reject that even if the nation has accepted it. I reject that because the word of God says, you know, we can talk about all this, but the, the truth is God says no. Now, now I would say this, you know, I, I, now how do we treat people like that? Do we treat them with hate? No. You know, I, I had a gentleman here, and you know, it comes in all kinds of forms, and he decided he wanted to dress like a woman. Wanted me to call him, he had a, another name, okay? And, and some of the kids were saying, woo, pastor's getting into some stuff here, right? <laughs> and, and I refused, I, but I said, come as you are. If you want to wear pastel trousers and sit on the pew, you're, you're fine. Hear the word of God. And the people that I have worked with, if they were to sit here with us now, would say, Pastor Blair's not a hater. Okay? Kind of like, you remember, and, and, and you know, it's a little bit like the uncle who left his wife and tore up his family. Because in, 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 the, same, in the same context that these passages are given, God says, I, I'm against adultery. I'm against lying. I'm against stealing. I'm, I'm against these things. It only comes, and what, ha- what happens in the context of someone's home, you know, behind closed doors, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't have my hands on that. But, 
We live in a country that's a democracy. You are citizens of a democracy. You have the right and the responsibility to vote your values and to and to live and, and be and do what you can to, to, to make sure that the country that you live in is the country you want to live in. Does this make sense to you? You know, I you know what uh, Now you know why I'm a little bit reluctant. Not reluctant, but yeah, I want to just make sure that I want you to know that when we go to the polls, it's not, it's not the economy. It may be the economy, but there are other things that are weightier when it comes to the soul of America. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah, I understand. I want to see our people working again. I want to see those things because, you know, we, as long as we have funds, we can, we can pay parking lots, we can put on new roofs. Your lives are better. People's lives are better. But there are some other things that are on the table here. You know, I've got close friends who've struggled with some of these issues, and I love them. Uncle Charlie may have left his, his wife and his children, but you know what? I'm still going to associate with them. I'm still going to care for them. They have a place here if they want it. But our country is trying to embrace a sinful lifestyle and impose it. We will, we will, we will clash. It will clash with the church. There will be a fight. And you and I must wake up and vote. Kingdom votes. Kingdom of God votes. Okay, all right. I want to further challenge you, though, to, to live, live and act like a Christian and reflect uh, your, your commitment to God. Romans 13, go with me there. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear uh, for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what's good, and you will have the praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it, is, it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it's necessary to be in, in, in subjection, not only because of wrath, but for, for also for, for conscience' sake. For because of this you pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Now, most of us are looking for loopholes. Right? Okay. Now, I said before, and, and again, I'm, I'm a little off, off, off the biblical track here when I, when I go into and I start talking about democracy. There's many, many, many countries, many forms of governments that Christians have thrived under. 
Right now in communist China, there's been an incredible Holy Spirit revival. Whole provinces of people are Pentecostal, Spirit-filled believers. They're sending missionaries into, into the Arab, Arab countries. They understand. They have said to, the, said to us, that we know, we know that we will lose people. We know, but, but God compels us. See? There are, the, the Christian church can thrive under, thrive, has thrive, thrived under many forms of government. But we have something called a democracy here. Powerful. Powerful, which allow, makes us each citizens with a vote, the right to say and to vote our conscience and to vote our, 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 what we believe God would have us to be. So what are the exceptions? Are there exceptions to what I've just read there? There really are. And let me, let me throw them out there, okay? Here's an example you know, the exception is, 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 is basically this. When the stated law of the government violates the higher laws of God. Now, let's not stretch that too far, but let's look at, look at just a couple of examples. Remember when I made mention of this earlier, Pharaoh, okay? You know, in his fear, in his fear and his concern that the Israelites were going to kind of outgrow them, he made a decree that when a woman bore a child, that they would toss or kill the child or toss the child into the Nile. Now, I read a story about someone who violated that rule. Moses. Well, he did go into the Nile, though, didn't he? Yeah, there's, there's ways around this, okay? See, I'm going to put him in the Nile, but we're going to pitch this thing, we're going to, and we're going to trust God. Amen. He grew up to see that come back on Pharaoh. How many children were killed? How many little Israelite children were killed? But on the night of the Passover, God swept across that country and visited even the house of the Pharaoh. There's judgment. God is still there, and he honors those who honor him and will take the stand even when it costs them, it costs them something. Do you know what always costs something? When you're faced with an enemy, when you're faced with the enemy, and you make a choice. She made a choice. Another example, New Testament example, is simply this. Do you remember? Jesus had, Jesus had raised from the dead, and the disciples, they were just, just, just soaked. They were, they were fired up, and they were preaching. One man was, was, was just, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise and walk, and up he came. Amen. And he was running and leaping through, through the temple courts. And it drew people around and, and essentially they, they came to a place, I want you to know, it's not because of our holiness or anything that was special about us, but because of Jesus whom you crucified. This man now is whole before you. Wow, that's perplexed. Perplexed. The leaders, what they do. So, well, we can't deny that a notable miracles have been taking place, but they called him and says, look, no more. No more. No more teaching, no more preaching in this name. You're bringing his blood on us. 
No more teaching and preaching his name. Here we come to the other exception. What did he say? Look, the apostle looked at, looked at them and simply said this. If it be in your judgment, the right thing to do, to obey you rather than God, let it be. And they were out preaching the next day. They were out preaching the next day. There are other things, and I don't know what the enemy has for us, has planned for this world, but I know it's not good. You know, And I'm not afraid of that. I'm just wondering what it is. I know this, that it's in his nature to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, It may look good, children. It may sound good, children. But I want you to know that no matter, what, no matter what, how, if he appears to you as an angel of light, it's to destroy you. It may not seem like death in the, in the beginning, I, but I want you to know it's rotten to the core and it will destroy you. This gay and lesbian thing will destroy you. And it's not about whether or not the pastor says, well, it's socialized. Let's, let's move all these things aside. God said no. God said no. And that's enough. God said no. That's enough. Does that make sense to us, to you? And finally, 1 Timothy, the second chapter. Here's some more instructions for us as believers. You know what happens? I ask you the question, what should your response be as a believer? If, if your guy doesn't get elected. I've experienced that before, haven't you? We all have. 1 Timothy, the second chapter. First of all, then, I urge you that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. For kings and all who are in authority, so that that we may lead a tranquil life in all godliness and dignity. I'm going to pray for my president, no matter who he is. I'm going to pray. I may be upset with what they do or say. I may disagree all day long with my city supervisor. I'm going to pray for him. I'm teasing Jeff. But I'm going to pray for him. Now, what's your, you know, okay, again, what does this bring us to? This brings us to, will you, this, this brings us to self-crucifixion, doesn't it? This brings us to a place where we have to face off. Will we follow our, our, our flesh or will we do what God wants? Now, you may not be powerful enough to do that, but I want you to know it doesn't matter. God's will will be done. There's only one way. Look, tell you what, I haven't, I've never really been happy. This, I'm just I'm being anecdotal here. I'm just talking about from my, my own heart. can't remember... One, uh, one candidate that I ever, that I really like that much. Sometimes I look at these, these elections, say, as, and I, I'm like that old sergeant major that came into the high school auditorium, and he was going to make a presentation, saw all these kids and all these seniors, and he was a recruiter. He wanted to, you know, and he, he got up and he looked, and he went over here, and he looked over the crowd, and he looked over here, looked at the crowd, and he came over and closed his book. So I don't see anything I want. 
It's tough stuff. But, but, but I think you know what I'm talking about when it comes to elections. I mean, it's like, you know, don't we have a third choice? And some would say, yes, we do. Okay? Don't we have another choice? But, but we have to understand, and we have to walk in faith, believing that God's not, you might say, in the bathroom. He's on the throne. He's paying attention. And that you and I are players in this thing. We're in players. Trust Him. Pray, vote, trust, and obey. Amen? Amen? Does that make sense? Let's have some music. We're going we're gonna to sing a song. We're going to worship. Stand with me if you will. I've been standing. You get to stand now. These are pretty comfortable chairs, I think. But I'm not certain. You'll have to tell me because I don't ever sit there. But I don't know if it, today, today, we've talked about a lot of things. And it's about, it's, we've, we've, we've received communion together. We've sensed the Holy Spirit. I've done my best to talk to you about some issues. You know, we're going to pray tonight for our, for our country. We're going to pray for the elections. We're going to worship. We're going to spend some time worshiping tonight. But right now, I don't know where you are. You may have come in here today, and you've never given your heart to Christ. You've never given your heart to Christ. Or you gave your heart to Christ, but you're not living for him today. If that's you, let me see your hand. I want to pray for you. He says, Pastor, you just told me to out myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do you want him? Do you want him? Do you want him? I want to pray for you. The first step is admitting that I need him. That I'm not living for him. In spite of what my friends may think. In spite of what all the people around me may, may believe. I know. And he knows that I, that I need him and I, I'm not living for him. And the first step is admitting that. Not only to yourself, but maybe even in a place like this where people love him. Amen. Anyone else? I'm not, you know, I'm not living for Him. I'm living for Him. I want to live for Him. I want my sins forgiven. I want His power and His presence in my life. I want to live forever with Him. Okay? Your hands, your hearts, okay? This altar, you know, we had an altar call earlier, but this, this altar's open. And I would ask that some of my friends who know Jesus, who know God, who love Him, would also join us around this altar as we sing, as we worship, so that those who come and want prayer, and and they'll gather here in front of me, will find Him, and they don't feel like they're coming all by themselves. Who'll come? Who'll come? Who'll just leave their chair? Even, even, Even people who know Jesus. Who will leave their chair? So that others, and I would invite, if you don't know him, if you're not living for him, I want to pray with you. You come, you come, you come. I want to, I want to pray for you. I want you to leave this, this place today knowing God with all of your heart, loving him with all of your heart, having your sins forgiven. You know, you don't have to go home the same way you came. That makes sense? God is here in this place. He loves you with an everlasting heart. Love. And He's done so much so that that if you just accept Him, if you just embrace Him, 
Oh, you don't have to get it all cleaned up. He'll do that for you. Just come to Him as you are. With the brokenness, the sins, the stains, come to Him. He's the one who cleanses. He's the one who delivers. He's the one who who sets you up and makes you what He wants you to be. And the rest of us, let's worship and sing. And if there's anybody who needs prayer, please come stand with me. Please come and stand with me. Leather us. Let's just worship Him.